Girl podcast, I'm interviewing COO of Vet Girl, Dr. Garrett Pactinger, on anticoagulant rodenticide. He'll be discussing two key studies, one that was published by Istvan and all called Evaluation of a Point-of-Care Anticoagulant Rodenticide Test for Dogs, and this was published in JVEC back in 2014. He'll also be discussing his own study that he published in JVEC in 2008 called Incidence of Prolonged Prothrombin Time in Dogs Following Gastrointestinal Decontamination for Acute Anticoagulant Rodenticide Ingestion, one of my favorite studies. So Garrett, go ahead and take it away. Thanks, Justine. The first one that I'm going to talk about is the older study, which was mine. It was one that I had done during my residency. And when I was studying at the University of Pennsylvania in a sort of urban uh, environment, we tended to see a ton of rodenticide patients. And first of all, very important, as we talk about in many of our Vet Girl webinars, to not identify a rodenticide based on color or size or shape or even brand name, but the active ingredient or EPA number, we did see quite a few anticoagulant rodenticide patients. Interestingly, the protocol at the time for us for anticoagulant rodenticides was to decontaminate within a certain period of time and then have them come back within 48 hours for a PT prothrombin time test to see if they were prolonged. If they were not prolonged, then we would treat them one way. And if they were prolonged, then we would treat them another. But there was not a lot of literature to support what we were doing. So my goal in that study back in 2008 or so was to look at patients like this to determine if what we were doing was appropriate and safe for our patients. And in summary, what we did is retrospectively, I looked at any patient that presented to the emergency room within six hours of ingestion of an anticoagulant rodenticide. If they ingested the rodenticide within that six hours and the owners were positive of that, we did some form of decontamination, ideally a combination of emesis and activated charcoal. Based on the half-life of the vitamin K-dependent clotting factors 2, 7, 9, and 10, specifically 7, we would have them come back in in 48 hours for a PT prothrombin time clotting test. If that clotting test was normal, then we did not send them home on any vitamin K assuming that at that point, based on the physiology of the toxin, they would not need any vitamin K. If they came back in 48 hours and their PT was prolonged, then they required vitamin K, which they were sent home with a four-week course, returning again 48 hours after their last dose of vitamin K. In this study, what we found was that when patients presented to the ER within six hours of ingestion of an anticoagulant rodenticide and some form of decontamination was performed, 93% of the dogs that came back in 48 hours for their PT test had a normal PT and never required any vitamin K. The 7% of dogs that came back in 48 hours that had a prolonged PT, they received vitamin K, but none of them were reported to have any side effects in that 48-hour interim period before they received vitamin K. So essentially, it was determined that it's safe and effective if they present within six hours to perform decontamination and have them return in 48 hours for a PT test. And most of them, in fact, over 90%, specifically 93% of dogs, never required vitamin K. Granted, back then in 2008 when the study was performed, it was costly to give four weeks of vitamin K, especially to a medium or large-sized dog. Now, it's not so expensive. For me, clinically, it's about compliance. 
I know personally I have a hard time remembering to take my vitamin once a day. Now I'm going to have to give my dog a pill twice a day for four weeks, then have them come back anyway for a PT test. So for me, it's all about compliance and owner awareness. With that said, in order to use this protocol, several things have to fall in your favor. Number one, you have to trust the owner and that the dog or the patient in general did not receive the rodenticide greater than six hours before coming in. For example, if they swear they got into it two hours ago, but they're pooping out green-blue pellets, I can't believe them. Those patients, provided it's an anticoagulant, will receive vitamin K. The other thing is sometimes it's not practical for your clinic and practice to have them come back in 48 hours for a PT test because you will not get point-of-care results. I would worry if they came back in, let's say, three days and it took 24 or 36 hours for you to get your results, there is some risk for them bleeding in the interim. So for me, not only must I believe the client, but I must have some degree of awareness that I'll get point-of-care results to know if I need to treat that patient with vitamin K or not. Which goes into the second study, which was done by Isven et al. back in 2014, early 2014, looking at a point-of-care test because ideally, it would be nice to know right away if they got into a dose that's toxic or got into it enough at all. Some studies have actually shown that some owners will swear their dog didn't get into rodenticide, but up to 40% of those patients would have got into rodenticide, anticoagulant, of course, without the owner's awareness. So having a point-of-care analyzer that you can evaluate bedside to know if there's presence of rodenticide would certainly be ideal. So what they did in this study was evaluated a rodenticide screener that looked at one of six different compounds. There were samples spiked with these compounds, warfarin, pendone, chlorfacinone, brodificum bromethylin, and desimethbromethylin. So two other non-anticoagulants as controls. And what they did was to look at if there was presence of any of these rodenticides within the bloodstream. Unfortunately, what they found was this specific test was able to detect a single anticoagulant, only warfarin, at concentrations below the manufacturer's recommended limit of detection, but was unable to detect any other anticoagulant rodenticide in the system, in those spiked samples. So based on this study, they were only able to detect warfarin and not other more common second-generation anticoagulant rodenticides. I know for me, clinically, second-generations are by far and away much more common to see on the shelf in stores and in the corners of owners' basements and in their houses. So, for example, brodificum or bromodialone are much more common than, let's say, warfarin. So, in practice, I unfortunately could not use this test reliably to detect anticoagulant rodenticide in the bloodstream. So, for me, unfortunately, I cannot use this test in a clinical setting. I'm much more likely to listen to the owner to determine based on decontamination protocols if the patient ingested the rodenticide. And of course, can't harp on this enough, making sure that we know with the box or the owner's words, what they're reading off the package or the EPA number, the active ingredients on the package, not the color of the pellet, not pellets versus blocks versus crystals, the size or shape, but importantly, the active ingredient is of utmost importance for treating these patients. Fantastic information, Garrett. Thank you so much. I do think it's important that veterinarians be aware of the new EPA mandate that was issued by the Environmental Protection Agency, the government, back in May 2014. And they started this legislation, I believe, in the summer of June 2011 or June 2012. 
And basically, they're trying to get rid of second-generation anticoagulant rodenticides. This definitely went into full effect in May 2014. And I think vets have to be aware that they're going to be seeing less and less anticoagulant rodenticide, or what we call these ACR toxicities. So you should not be automatically reaching for that bottle of vitamin K, but instead should be worried about other active ingredients like bromethylin, which causes seizures, or cholecalciferol, which causes acute kidney injury. So that's one of the reasons why I loved Garrett's original 2008 study. I'm a huge believer in decontamination. Do not give that one-time injection of vitamin K because that will screw up your PT when you have the owner come back 48 hours later. And to be quite honest, I don't even do a PT on day zero and day one because you have to wait for that half-life of factor seven to disappear or to go into full effect before you'll start to see coagulopathy. So again, we're going to be seeing less ACR rodenticides. When in doubt, consider decontamination aggressively and rechecking that PT 48 hours later. As for that point of care test, I totally agree with you, Garrett. I, uh, After speaking with the manufacturer and seeing the test itself, I definitely had some concerns that it was not very accurate. So fantastic information on rodenticides. And for those of you guys, you can check out our other Vet Girl podcast on anticoagulant rodenticide also for more information. 